your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheSwaffReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.D. Smooth. Thursday, it it, 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 it wasn't... It, how do I put this? Because I've thought about this for a couple of days now. I'm recording this on Saturday. You all are hearing this tomorrow on Sunday. I, I thought about how to approach this from a couple of ways and I haven't hammered it down. So I, I'm gonna just share my stream of consciousness, how I'm feeling. So obviously immediately after the game, you, you I, I was disappointed in the facts that they failed to score and the fact that what, what, what was conveyed to us about the improvements of the offensive line did not seem to be accurate. Now, after reflecting on it, taking a couple of days, uh, talking to the old man about it, he kind of watched the game too a little bit there. We were watching uh, OSU. My cousin Kendall Daniels made his first career start, had a great game, so shout out to him. It, it, uh, you know, I come to the conclusion, it, it's eerily similar to the Northwest Missouri game of last year. If you recall... Uh, for those that are new, UCO lost that game in West Missouri, thirty-eight to nothing in Marysville. And it was ten nothing at the at the half. If you recall Thursday, it was fourteen nothing at the at the half. Uh, both had red zone stands. Uh, did the uh against Missouri Western, not Missouri Western against Northwest Missouri. Dylan Buckhide had a pick in the end zone. Uh, if you recall Thursday. Mike Pope Jr. and Noah West had that great goal line stand right there uh, on the last play of the half after Kobe Stevens, who had a whale of a game, uh, made the key deflection on the down prior. Uh, but it, it just like just like the Northwest game, in the second half, the defense got worn down and, and there was some extra touchdowns added on that I feel like wouldn't be the case uh, if the defense was not on the field way too much. Uh, but I, I think, and like I said in my um, post-game thoughts on Twitter, if you haven't been over there following me on Twitter, it is below in the description. I'll be live tweeting during games and sharing thoughts and whatnot. It was a pretty good uh, response for the uh, first time. I, I think you can look at this, you can look at this in a few ways. And I said this, I said this, Go back to the season preview. I said this. I said we're not going to know or get a true feel for this team until at least a couple of games in. 
Okay, because there was a there's only eight seniors. I guess nine if you count Trayvon Craig since he might not be able to play next next season. There's a lot of new faces. There's obviously a new coaching staff. There's new schemes. It's going to take some time. I, I said this. That's why I said we need to temper expectations. So I know the players going to hate me for saying this. But temper expectations on this team, at least from the jump. And I, I was talking to the old man about this. And I said, I, I hate the fact you don't want to say they have to burn games because in this conference, you can't really have that luxury of burning games. But it's going to take some time for them to figure guys out. If you if you watched, they played a lot. I mean, a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, there were true freshmen playing. There were registered freshmen playing. There was transfers playing. Uh, both quarterbacks played Stephon Brown and OSU transfer Peyton Thompson. Uh, I mean, there was there was a, a lot of players played, and I think that's by design, simply because. The, the staff, they 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 don't they have to get a feel of what they're going to do in games. Obviously, practice is different in games. There was very few, especially in certain positions. You look at receiver, you look at linebacker, you look at a running back. Uh, it, it very you look at tight end, especially. Very few have taken a lot of college snaps, have a lot of game reps, and so I think for them to figure out that best combination. They're going to have to do that. So you saw a lot, I mean, a lot of people play. You saw Kevion Williams, the, the true freshman out of Westmore. He was the starting kick returner. Um, he played some some wide receiver. You had uh, Oscar Hammond, the talented freshman tight end out of Collinsville. Made made a few catches. There was Chase Faber, that uh, defensive coordinator Brandon Lechtenberg was high on. I saw him out there. Uh, is it, there, there, were, there were several true freshmen. There were several... Register freshman, you look in the secondary. Uh, a lot of those transfers played. I saw uh, Von Derry out there. I saw Monte Davis out there. I saw, um, or they added the dude from UCF whose name escapes me though. He played. You look at you look at punter. It was uh, David Vargas was out there. The Swatsu transfer. I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot of new faces. Uh, Kelvin Culberson even got some snaps to both guard and center. They were throwing everything out there, and I think did that hurt? Possibly, but I, I just think they they have to do that. And I think when you look at that, when you factor that in, Missouri Western is not is not a a slouch team. Okay, that that that's also a darn good football program. I'm sure they're returning a lot more experience than than uh, we are currently. Their coaches in their fifth year, they're playing at home. I'm sure they were mad about last year. I, I just, I just, I, the, the way I look at this is the fact it, it was as bad as the offense was. It was only 14-0 heading in the half. It was only 21-0 heading into the fourth. I don't think at that time UCO might have had. I have to look at my notes when we do the recap, but they might have had 50 yards of offense. I mean, it, it just it wasn't there. I think the fact they were still in that ball game are uh, is a testament there to the to to the defense. And I want to give a uh, defensive coordinator Brent Lechtenberg there in that in that unit a lot a lot of credit. I feel like if a few players offensively had went for UCO. It would have been a different game in terms of the score and the yardage. I know they gave up 35 points. 
uh, a bunch of yards. But to me, the last two touchdowns was just a result of that defense being tired. Uh, they had played way too many snaps. It was a problem that we had last year. And, and, and I, I was hoping uh, with the supposed offensive line improvements, we could get a run game going and that wouldn't happen. But game one right now uh, is not promising on, 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 that, on that offensive line. And, you know, like I said, there were positives, there were negatives. You always get the, get the negatives out of the way. To me, the biggest negative was the offensive line. I, I, I was disappointed in that unit. Now, if you recall, we talked to Lane Grantham, we talked to Hector Becerra, and we talked to Noah Dobson, and we talked to Kellen Culperson, the uh, Stephen F. Austin transfer. Uh, I, I will say, I will say that the the pass blocking was better than it was for the majority of last season. I will give them that. There were several times where both Steph and Peyton Thompson uh, each had ample time. I, I don't know because the, the way the MIAA network has it, they don't really show the full view, so I couldn't see wh- how many uh, guys Missouri Western had in coverage, but I think a few of those uh, it was just good good coverage against some in, in, inexperienced uh, wider, wider receivers there, but I, I think the the to, to me the the center the center and guard play was was sufficient enough. Uh, it was tough to run the ball, and when you see that was down to the fact that Jace Gardner, I don't know whether it be discipline issues or what, played one snap on offense, and that one snap came in the second half when he started, and he immediately got a personal foul. And uh, did not see the field again. Now, he did play special teams, but uh, only got one snap on offense. I'm assuming that was a discipline thing because uh, Mike, Michael Slater, the, the all-world defensive uh, lineman, didn't start the game, but he he played from that second series on out and uh, made his impact fail, got double teamed, and was still getting, get, getting a pass rush there. Uh, I'm good to see that that defensive line uh, even though they're shipping to a three-three-five, we have thought it would be a four-three because uh, Coach Lechtenberg mission they're going back to three linebackers. But of course, in that Gary Patterson-esque style, they went to a three-three-five. They 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 did have some four-man fronts at times, uh, but the base was three-three-five. Uh, it it was not bad. I mean, it, it was it was definitely not bad. I think once the linebackers come along, they get that right group in there. Uh, I think it will be better, um, but I'll touch on that in a little bit. Back to the offensive line. I, I was disappointed mainly in the tackles. Okay, and I, and when, when I say uh, mainly Noah Dobson, I mean, no, I said this, I think, in the preview, when I mentioned the guys I feel like have a chance in one of the various pro leagues, I said if Noah Dobson can, can continue to build on um, was a great, a true freshman season, at the size of 6'3", 340, he has a shot. And then, it, 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 I tell you, Thursday was not a good step in that direction. I, I know I know was playing a guy in defensive end. I'm being generous here. Minimum, minimum 60, 70 pounds lighter. Uh, and, and I got I to gotta say, there were times when Noah was literally pushed back into Steph, uh, which, is, which is not, it's, it's just not good because... We know what Noah Dobson can do. We saw what Noah Dobson can do last season. Uh, it, it just it was disappointing the, the fact that he uh, you don't want to say the man's already in a sophomore slump, 
But I mean, we got to turn that around fast. I, I, you, you look at the other tackle spot. I think they had Cooper McCoy out there. He was getting pushed back. Uh, we had Hector, Hector Becerra, again, great guy. But, you know, he had his struggles last year. The struggles continued so far. It's just that offensive line, we can't, we cannot have a repeat of last year where our, our quarterbacks are running for their life and, and having to make unreal plays. If you recall last season uh, when I mentioned Keith Calhoun, that last five, six games of the season, was playing the best football he has played in the use of uniform. A lot of that was solely on him. And, and I, we can't, I guess, yes, Steph can do it. I, I understand that Steph, Steph, Steph can do it. But he shouldn't have to. And I think that's where, that's where the problems here are, are kind of occurring because the, the, the offensive line, the, the, the talent there, it, it should be doing better than what we're doing right now. And I, I just, I think that hopefully, I know they play a lot of guys there too. And I, I, I would suspect uh, head coach Adam Doral, that is, that is that's his unit. Uh, I'm sure they're going to swiftly address that because if not, it's going to be another long season for us uh, offensively. I think defensively, uh, my my biggest concern would it, well two things. One is the tackling. The tackling's got to get better. And I know it's early in the season. A lot of teams struggled tackling in the early season. Missouri Western missed their fair share of tackles. Uh, I think that will come 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 along. But it was always oh, tough because they I know they had like five TFLs, but to me they could have had like ten. Uh, I mean they they were in the backfield a lot. And like I said, I give that defense a lot a lot of credit there. Uh, but they just got to got to tackle in the backfield, and then there was some open field tackles uh, that, that that also we, we've got to make. But again, I think that that that's going to just come with 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 as as the season goes on, they'll they'll tackle better. I don't think very rarely do you see a team come out the gates and just you know just kill it in a in a tackling standpoint just because you don't you know what I mean you're not you know what I mean so. I think that will will just by default improve. I'm not too too worried about that. What I'm mainly worried about was the fact that the middle of the field was open far too much in the intermediate game now because uh safety Raekwon Wicks, who I guess is against a captain this year, was a was was a captain on at least uh at the game third Thursday, had to come down and make way too many tackles, both him and Dylan Buckheit. Uh, again, I don't know if that's due because linebackers are pretty much brand spanking new, and uh, even the ones that are are learning a new scheme. But there was that their Missouri Western's tight end was open way too much. Uh, I mean, open way, way, way too much uh, in the in the middle of the field. That that's also got to get fixed. And then there were times where the defensive line would get the pass rush, and their quarterback would scramble. It, and literally, there'd be a whole side of the field open. So we, we, there's definitely some some work to do there in that linebacking core. I will say it was good to see Jason Harris back out there flying around after pretty much missing like two full seasons. Um, but I think that to me was the biggest or the 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 the, the three biggest that and going for uh, play action fakes. They 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 bid on fakes a lot. Like I said, that that'll probably come as the as the season goes on. But I uh, I think as far as the negatives, probably ends ends there. Now, if we're looking at the at the positives, I think 
If you're a UCO fan, you got to be encouraged by what you saw out of both quarterbacks, especially Stephon Brown. And now we you know we mentioned Stephon. Stephon has come on here uh, has to share his struggles and 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 touched on what he needed to improve on heading into the season. Uh, to the surprise of probably nobody, Stephon was a starting quarterback. I thought that this was the best game in terms of his pocket presence uh, that Steph's had in a UCL uniform. I think he did a good job of standing in the pocket, going through his his progressions. Uh, he did a good job of 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 throwing the ball away. Uh, he didn't he didn't force it. He he wasn't he wasn't holding it too long. And, and, and he was he was very good in, in deciding on when to run, uh, it, because you recall last year. It, it 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 and again I think this this goes back to what Coach Lichtenberg said. Coach Adam Lichtenberg said, where his knowledge of the game is getting better because you can you you can you can see it. Last year it almost looked like if the first read was not there, uh, he just went into playmaker mode as he as he calls it. This time you could see you could literally see him going through the progressions before he decided it was time to run. There were times because the man was sacked three times where he just did not have a shot. I think one of the sacks though was on him for, for holding the ball tad too long. But if you if you if you were to tell me though that that, that out of a out of a whole game, I mean that that he he only held the ball too long on one instance. I mean that. That is that that is a, a, a great. That is great. I love what I saw out of out of Steph. I I really that I was impressed by that. I was also impressed by Peyton Peyton Thompson as well. Um, I, I think I think you've got two capable quarterbacks. If if given the time, uh, if if receivers are able to get open, I I think with the 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 the, the, the quarterbacks are in great shape. I, I'm just saying it right now. I believe the quarterbacks are in great shape now. Obviously, Peyton Thompson is not as mobile as Steph, but I guess it was the case last year with Steph and Keats. I, I I really feel like both quarterbacks are good enough to win you a lot of ball games. Now, I would say the one negative are uh, there were two deep touchdown passes that both missed. Uh, Steph underthrew his by a smidge to uh, Eastern Michigan transfer Jacob Delso and. Uh, Peyton Thompson hung his in the air too much for I believe it was Kevion Williams. Uh, so there, 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 there were actually a few chances there for some for some deep touchdowns, uh, which just showcases the speed and receiver. You recall we talked to co-offensive coordinator James Gibbs Curley. He mentioned the speed there. Uh, the, the speed was definitely shown uh, because, like I said before. Especially with Jacob Jacob Delso, that I was really impressed. He that man was getting down the field uh, a, a lot. They just were not able to uh, connect. I know one time he drew a pass interference. Uh, so um, you know, and it was good to see Bazell back out there. Uh, he caught a couple a couple of passes. Uh, Terrell Davis, the man I've been waiting to see. I think he he caught a pass. Jamie on Dangerfield. I think he started the game. Um, so uh, it, it, it was it was good to see those guys. As I mentioned before, it's just gonna take a while, I think, for them to come fully come uh, come along. There, I was also really pleased the fact that they made a conscious effort to get Dante McGee involved in the ball game. They called some tiny screens. 
Uh, they were targeting him him early, which is very good. I you don't know how long I have been waiting for that. So to to see the effort made on that on that on that front there, I was very 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 pleased with. Uh, in the in the running game now, this is some bad news. Unfortunately, Payne Scott. Love the guy. I, I I was I was really hoping that him and Jace would be in for a big season. On the opening drive, Payton appeared to have hurt his his ankle. Did not return. He was on the sideline in a walking boot, walking with a a limp that is not promising. I did not know the diagnosis on Payton Scott. I just, it just I hate to see it because I I, I boy I just oh I, I think he I think he was I think he was really not going to have a good a good season. Uh, so without him and without Jace, except for all for one snap, they went with Nasir Kemper, the former walk-on at OU to transfer. They went with Andrew Carney, the true freshman out of Collinsville. And then they also went with Jalen Cottrell. If you recall, running match coach James Gilbert was, was high on. Uh, Cottrell actually was solid. I was impressed by him uh, out of the backfield as a receiver. I think that is a role. Uh, where he might be able to carve out a niche there. Uh, Nasir Kemper, again, it, it was tough because the offensive line it just was not, holes were not there. Um, so it was really hard to get a good a good read on him. Now, I was impressed by Andrew Carney. Uh, showed really good power, really good really good speed there. I, I think they might got a, 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 a steal there, honestly. Um, in, in him, I know he... Uh, they had the game winning play in the in the in the All State game, but I, I was I was really impressed by by uh, Carney there. I think you I think UCL's got a very good back there as 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 well. Uh, and then looking on defense, I think the first positive you got to say, Kobe Stevens. If there was any doubt, I think Kobe Stevens uh, closed that door because uh, he had an interception. He he was flying around the ball. Like I said, he had that key breakup in the red zone. Uh, and he also on on returns. Listen, I love my zone fourth, but like we gotta have we need. I'm putting a petition in right now. We need to have Kobe Stevens as the main kick returner with Kevin Williams because the two returns they put Kobe back there late in the game. He almost broke both of his his uh, uh kick. Kickoff returns. I will have that in the highlight video. Will be on Monday. Uh, I I I try to tell you, Kobe Kobe right now is looking like the best corner Yusuf has had since what twenty nineteen Daniel Bauman, right? I mean, I I him or Kobe Stevens. I just. I, I did they just just I mean I, mean, I, I was I was impressed I, I that was the first time I was truly impressed by a corner for four quarters in a football game in a long time for UCO. Uh, the, I was also impressed though by the other guys. Obviously, you know Dylan Buckheit was, was Dylan Buckheit. Uh, you know you kind of know that. Uh, Mosley was solid too. I think he had a TFL in the game there. Uh, Raekwon Wicks, uh, like I said before, they made too many tackles because, again, the middle of the field was open. Uh, I think it was Tavis McDonald there kind of struggled in the open field. I will say the dude from UCF, uh, whose name is now, I'll, I'll get used to it. 
Uh, that he he was very solid. He was very solid. He had two really good pass breakups there in the, in the one on one coverage. Um, I, he he did get called for a pass interference. He got there a smidge early. I mean, a smidge early too. But uh, was but I was really impressed with him. Uh, I think my main concern on that was a Monte Davis to Sam Houston State transfer. Man got cooked. Let's cause let's just let's just call it what it is. Man got absolutely cooked on one drive. Uh, they went at him a lot. He had to miss tackles and just flat out got uh, beat. Need to see more out out of that man. Out of somebody that Coach Girl was high on. Uh, and then Trayvon Craig kind of had an average game. I feel like he missed some tackles again. I think the tackling will fix itself out. Uh, I was also pleased by the pass rush. Uh, we saw the debut of Julius Coates, the Arkansas transfer, and several more late additions via Juco. I was very impressed by that. Uh, I feel like they could have had a few more sacks. I know Robert Fuentes, uh, again, just to nobody's surprise right there, was uh, getting the pass rush. He had a sack. Uh, he was not able to bring him, bring him down. And then Mike Slater again getting double teamed, still getting back there. Uh, Hunter Largent also was providing some quality pass for us. Uh, I, I, again, that's a unit I'm not too surprised with because, again, given Laffer, given they return every key contributor. Uh, we also saw the emergence of Mike Pope Jr. I'm very glad by this. I, I, I was a huge Mike Pope Jr. fan after watching the film. Uh, again, he had that goal line tackle him and Noel West. Uh, he got more snaps, which I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very glad about. That's that. That's also a guy whose who's motor, like Fuentes and Slater, just go 100 miles an hour. I think he's really in store for a for a, a good a good season. I think you had to be pleased by the by the three man rush and, and by the rotation. There was not uh, too much of a drop off there, which is very good. Very good to uh, uh, to see. So, go ahead and move on now into the recap portion of the game. As we mentioned before, there was no Jace. Um, UCO would would uh, receive the ball first. They lost the coin toss. Missouri Western elected to defer. And I will say, in terms of uniforms, there was numbers on the helmets. I think uh, one side had the Bronco, the other side had numbers on the helmet. So uh, I guess the, the the new equipment is it was indeed a true a true fact. So um, on the opening drive, UCO would go three and out. Uh, Missouri Western would then score on the opening drive. Like I said, there was a lot of missed tackles there. I feel like there was some third downs they converted because of missed tackles. Uh, that's just that's going to be a theme throughout the the whole the whole ball game. So. Just get just get ready for it. Uh, the first let's see. Um, so the first time after after another uh, UCO three and out, they would get a stop. However, the their punt, Missouri Western punt, ended up at UCO's own five yard line. Uh, there would not be much else of note until Peyton Thompson would check in at the five thirty mark. Uh, his first throw was a screen pass to Dante McGee. Uh, and then it took about later on in that drive. I think Andrew Carney was the finally got the first first down of the game for UCO. That drive would end in a punt. 
Uh, Missouri Western would then score on a play action pass. It was led to a 14 0 lead with uh, 137 to go in the quarter. UCO would have another three, uh, would, have a, yeah, would have another three and out after a Diego Richards drop would lead to a 14 0 Missouri Western lead after one, with UCO have a whopping two first downs. Second quarter, uh, UCO would get a fourth down stop. Okay, now I will say this is when the defense really uh, impressed me a lot there. Uh, they would get the fourth down stop. I believe that stop was... But I know there was three times where UCO got the ball in Missouri Western Territory. I know that might have been one of them, but the, whatever it is, the, the drive ended in a, in a, in a, in a, in a punt. Uh, then later on, by midway through at the 6 or 7 mark, Kobe Stevens would get the interception again. Just a fantastic pick right there. Uh, I mean, just played the ball beautifully. Uh, it was fantastic. They got the ball in plus territory. However, after a promising drive, they had to punt after Steph was sacked. And it, that was the theme of the offense as well. It, it, they, they're not good enough at this point to get behind the chains and still have success. Uh, the, the biggest problem was they would take one step forward, two steps back. There would there'd be a, a false start here. There would there'd be a, a negative play here. There'd be a sack here. There'd be a hold there. And they would just kill the drives because at, at this point, they just are not good enough to overcome uh, being behind the chain. So that's something that also has to get fixed here sooner rather than later. Um, at the 204 mark, Robert Fuentes would uh, have a TFL. I think, again, he should have had a few more. Uh, and then the next most important thing was the goal line stand inside the one-yard line. Uh, again, Kobe Stevens had that great deflex one-on-one in a lot of space was reminiscent of the Jakari Hunt game-winning pass breakup against Kearney in 2019, where he hauled it over there. Now, he, Kobe didn't, didn't have to haul it as far as uh, as far as Jakari did, but he still had to haul it over there on the wide side of the field, get that pass breakup. And then, obviously, on the last play, Michael Slater, I mean, I'm not saying Mike Pope Jr. and Noah West, I j- just shut that run down, and they, they tried to bounce to the outside. And I, I was very impressed by that right there again. Uh, just uh, Mike Pope Jr. just trying to make a name for himself. So that would end half 14 nothing lead still from Missouri West. And you said we'll pitch the shutout in the second quarter. Again, extremely good defensive play there by by D.C. Red and Lechtenberg and his, and his unit. Uh, however, UCO was outgained 287 to 37. Again, the offense just was not... Was not there. Um, Missouri Western will open the third quarter off of a 16 play drive, would lead to a 21 nothing lead. Again, a lot of missed miss, miss tackles. Peyton Thompson get the star in the third. Um, they crossed the 50 for the first time on a non turnover with the 517 mark in the third. And I think that drive would end as I turn the page. Yeah, they got four first downs in that drive, but again, it was a holding call that would end the drive. UCO would be down at the end of the third, 21-0. So again, it was not all bad. You see, they could have a sustained drive. It just was not able to finish the drives. 
Uh, and then heading into the fourth here, uh, again, they had another quality drop going. They brought out, was a staple of the 2019 offense. They did a reverse pass with Bazell the fourth, the former uh, state champion, winning quarterback at Carl Albers. Uh, they drew a pass interference as we threw that ball to uh, Diego there. Unfortunately, the uh, drive ended on a fourth and one when uh, the aforementioned by Zelda fourth. Again, I just a fantastic blocker. It just shows a bad time to whiff on the block. Uh, they had called a fullback dive to Andrew Carney, and uh, he would have had it. I, I watched that replay several times. He would have had it. Uh, did the guard, I don't know if they had Kellen Coperson in that guard at that time, or it was Lane, because they both rotated between center uh, and guard. But there, there was indeed a hole to get that, that one yard, but the, I think it was a linebacker or defensive back. Um, they came through, and uh, you could see that Bazil whiffed on the, on, the, on the block, and he was able to get the corny before he could get the, 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 the first down. So that drive ended there. Uh, however, UCO would get the ball right back there at the 12.30 mark. Mosley came in with a clutch TFL on a starting one. Uh, again, the, the, net, the next drive had promise, uh, but it ended after back-to-back sacks. Again, that was the time where the Texans were just getting bull rushed into oblivion. Uh, Missouri Western would then at a 48-yard touchdown run. Again, this missed tackle. The defense was tired. At the 4.28 mark, making it 28-0, UCO would then turn the ball over on the following possession at the 2.46 mark. Uh, Missouri Western would score their final touchdown at the 151 mark on a touchdown run again. The defense was just out, out of gas. UCO would muster a late drive. Uh, they got to the red zone for the first time with 25 seconds to go in the ball game. However, uh, they would not convert on a fourth down, and that would end the game for UCO, a 35-0 loss. And we're looking at the numbers here. Uh, for Missouri Western, they had 27 first downs, 335 yards rushing. Now, again, you, I have to preface this because, again, a lot of that came late in the ball game when the defense was tired. So, I just again, the, the, the numbers to me are skewed because of the sheer amount of snaps. Now, it, it says that the defense only was on the field for 12 more plays, but it, it just it – just, uh, and then you could you could you could just tell that that, that the the defense was worn down. Plus, you got to look at the fact that a lot of those plays probably came on those last two drives for UCO anyway. So that's probably even more skewed than what the numbers are saying. Uh, Missouri Western was had 171 yards passing. They they did throw the throw, throw, throw the pick over one touchdown. Uh, had 506 yards of offense. Uh, they punted the ball three times for 123 yards. Uh, let's see here. They had the ball for 33 minutes, 48 seconds. They were 8 of 30 on third downs. Again, a lot of those were just, was just either missed tackles or they were the middle of the field or they were the scrambles where there was nobody there. Again, that, that, those, those to me are very easy fixes. And they were all one on fourth downs, four or five in the red zone. And notch three sacks. And for UCO, they had 12 first downs on the game. Now, granted, three of them were by penalty. Uh, they had 65 yards rushing on 27 carries, 24 yards a carry. They would have had 94, but again, the sack yard is there. 
Uh, 92 yards pass on 38 attempts. Again, it just it just was not there in the pass game. Uh, 157 yards of offense on 65 plays, eight penalties, 61 yards. Again, that the penalties were just drive killers. And I would most say David David Vargas fantastic in his Bronco debut. He punted the ball eight times for a 41 and a half yard average, downing three inside the 20. I thought there was fantastic punting right there by uh, David Vargas, the Swasu transfer out of Guthrie. Um, is okay. That this is wrong because it said you still only had one kickoff return. As a false statement, there was there was two. And again, Kobe Kobe Stevens uh did fantastic on those. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had the ball for twenty six minutes twelve seconds, four of eighteen on third. We just again we got to do better than that. It is it, you know we're three of six on fourth, going for it on fourth way too much. Uh, 0-1 in the red zone and notched one sack on the day. Again, should have been two or three. It just we just missed the tackles. That's all that was. Uh, looking at the individual numbers here, Peyton Thompson led led the, led the way passing. Uh, Twelve or twenty-five for sixty-six yards, long of fourteen. Staff again a very efficient nine of twelve. Now only twenty-six yards, but he had to work with work with with what he was given. Uh, Long at eight, sacked three times. Uh, Nasir Kemper, seven carries, 32 yards. Along at 10, 4.6 yards to carry. Diego on a jet sweep, one for 11. Uh, Stephon Brown, 10 carries, tw- uh, only nine yards. He had 36 before the sack yards, which was 27, so... Again, it's just and those, a lot of those were not designed runs. By the way, those were scrambles. So again, offensive line, we just we just we we just got better than that. Uh, Andrew Carney, three carries, eight yards. Dylan Cottrell, three carries, five yards. Payton Thompson, two carries, one yard. And then looking at the receiving, we got if, if the paper would, would get on stuff here. Did I get the? Did I get the? Hold, hold up now. Did I? Did I really get the receiving bro? Wow! It cut off. It cut off the. Oh, here we go. Here we. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Okay. And, uh, Cottrell led the way. Three catches, nineteen yards. Again, was was very good out the at the backfield. Uh, Dante McGee only two catches for sixteen, but again, they made a great effort to try to get the man the ball. Adrian Wilson, the second-year Juco from Union by way of NEO, made his first catches in the uniform, two of four, two for 14. Oscar Hammond, the freshman of Collinsville, two for 11. They claim Raekwon Wicks made a, t- made a catch. Uh, that is not true. I don't know who made that catch for, for uh, 10 yards, but it was not Raekwon Wicks. Uh, Jimmy on Dangerfield in his uh, Bronco debut, one catch for seven yards. Isaiah the fourth one catch for six yards. Dominic Dunn, who started the game, the talented registered freshman on a Mustang, and his first UCL game one for five. Diego two for three. Nasir Kemper three for three, and then Peyton Loss. Let me tell you, Peyton Loss had a one-handed catch on the sideline. It did not count. Check that highlight video. Or uh, I I gotta say I gotta say I listen I know paid came on again you weren't you weren't able to hear that 
talked about his ability to make a tough catch. I, I, I had a very, very good start. Uh, and then uh, Jacob Dell saw three catches, negative two yards again. So he had a touchdown. I was very, I was very impressed though by uh, the way, by by the way he was uh, getting getting open deep. They were just not able to to hit him. And then defensively here, uh, Connor Johnson, the Harding transfer, led the way along with Blake Barron, the JUCO from the OSU uh, uh, Cowboy. Each with eight eight tackles. Robert Fuentes again, just absolute beast. Seven tackles, one and a half TFL, so he had a sack. Uh, Dylan Buckheit, seven tackles. Amante Davis, six tackles, a half TFL. Even though he was getting cooked again, again, he was. Just, he we got to get better play out of out of, out of him. Uh, Von Derry, the Bucknell transfer, uh, was also solid. Uh, six six tackles in the, in the game. Noah West, five tackles. Half sack, half TFL. Hunter Large and five tackles, half TFL, half sack. Mosley, four tackles. Trayvon Craig, four tackles. Jason Harris, again, it's great to see him back out there. Four tackles. Rayquan Wicks, four tackles and a half TFL. Uh, the true freshman, Chase Faber out of McAllister. That coach, uh, Coach Brandon Eichenberg was high on. Uh, four tackles, a half T- TFL. Kobe Stevens, three tackles and a pick. Marco Domio, that's the UCF transfer that, again, was, was very solid there. Uh, three tackles. I think he had a couple of pass breakups in that game, too. Grant Lord, the OBU transfer by way of Jinx. Three tackles. Zane Adams, uh, two tackles at uh, T, a TFL. Jordan LeVu, uh, two tackles there. Julius Coates, one tackle. Uh, Raymond McGuire, one tackle. I think he was a late add. Uh, and then you've got Gervasio Brunson, one of the Juco defensive linemen, one tackle. Christian Herbin, the Juco linebacker out of Cali, one tackle. And then they said Peyton Scott made a tackle. So, uh, but, uh, you know, again, it just, it was, it, was, it was tough, very tough sledding there for him. And uh, you just, you just hope they turn it around because Thursday they play a very good Emporia State team coming off a 42-17 win over Northeastern State. Now, I will say, uh, Northeastern State was only down by 14 points at the half, and then again, they got worn out. I suspect they still still having trouble there getting that 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 depth together. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the most important thing that we need to see from UCO heading into the Emporia game, 7 o'clock at Bridgerton uh, Stadium, the, uh, I think... On the the, the uh, offensive line, the offensive line, they, they have to come out mad. They 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 have to come out and and wanting to put on a better performance there, uh, because I think if we can get the ground game going, hopefully Jace is, is out of the doghouse there. We get the ground game going. I think it's a whole different offense. I think we kind of open it up. I think we can take the deep shots. Uh, defensively, if we can get the middle of the field, that linebacker unit. Kind of more on the same page from a, from, a, from a coverage standpoint, and we sure up the tackling here. I mean, I, I still think we're still a few games away from from really learning to getting a true feel for the team. That's why I'm not too too down on it. I just wish that we could have scored, but like I'm not I'm not pessimistic on the season right now. I just think again, it's a, it's a young team. 
lot of moving parts, a lot of new, new faces, and I, I just think it's gonna take some time for them to find the right group in a lot of ways. And so it might be bad, it might be bad, okay, it might be bad. The way I look at this, the way I look at this, and, and again, I'm going to explain before you all just how I me mean for this comparison. But to me, this team reminds me a lot of 2019 Northeastern State, 2021 uh, Missouri Southern. And I will, I will explain. Both those teams, extremely young. Both those teams, first year coaches. In the case of Northeastern State, the talent level was just bad. They were getting blown out in that ball game. I made that comparison because they played a lot of freshmen, they played a lot of young guys, and you saw it paid off last season. They were more competitive, they got two wins, and they're still looking promising. Missouri Southern, remember they had the coach off last chance, you, Jeff Sims. They brought in a bunch of JUCOs. He gets fired during the pandemic. They bring in, uh, they, I think he was their, uh, he, he, was a, he was an alum. Again, bunch of freshmen. They come out, they lose them to, to Northeastern State. We saw them last year, the way that they beat UCO. I think they went on to also win like two, two, uh, uh, two, two games. And those were two programs, if you recall, at the media day, Coach Doyle said he was loving the way they were building the program. And if you look at what UCO did prior to that Thursday, it was the same thing. It was a lot of freshmen, a lot of redshirt freshmen, a lot of new guys. And so you're going to take your lumps. It's just, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. They're going to take their lumps. The main thing is by game four, by game five on, you are seeing improvements. You're not seeing the same mistakes. And I think that's the mindset we have to have. Now, obviously I feel like we're more talented than those two, but it, it's the same kind of thing. It's going to take time. It's not gonna just happen overnight with that many new faces. And yeah, it does happen, but it's very, very rarely does it happen? And 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 so I just think we have to be patient here. And we again, I mentioned this when they hired the man back in December. We gotta be patient and to give him time to build. We have to give him time to figure out what he has, get the best 22 out there. And, and so I'm not down, I'm not discouraged. I just know it's gonna be it's gonna be bad before it gets better. And I just hope we kind of all have that mindset of like the program is headed in the right direction. It just might not be as fast as we were hoping to see. So again, I suspect that it'll be a, a better, better, better performance there Thursday against Emporia. I will not be there again. I, I worked the next day and it just would not work from a sleep standpoint. So once again, I'll be watching it on the MIAA network there. And I'm uh, hoping to see a better offensive outing than we saw on Thursday. Again, the um, highlight video will be up on the YouTube channel Monday. I will also be tweeting out the players of the game for the week as well, Sunday. Um, and so until next time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, AKA JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.